hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is a guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back runner. He's not Dan Grafton. He's just fourth. Still Grafton. Oh my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Still Grafton. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Bush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Kite with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 73 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host, and this is the show where we focus on the players who drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. Today's guest, we have John from the Hockey Fight League. I had a lot of fun doing this episode, as you could tell by the title. The ECHL 2022 Tough Guys. Um, we did basically kind of like an overview of all the guys, uh, the bigger names this year who fought. Um, you know, like the Newbers, the Howes, um, Klotz, Collins, guys like that. But we also, you know, get the onesies and twos in there who maybe not be like the uh, in, in the complete super heavyweight division, if that makes sense. But had a lot of fun. We we pulled up some fights. So if you're uh, if you would like to visually follow along, head on over to the six pack coverage YouTube channel and you can check out the, uh, you know, the the visual aspect of it. While we're talking about guys, we kind of break down a couple of their fights in the background and stuff like that. So uh, you'll hear some of that audio if you're just listening on your commute to work or something like that. It's a lot of fun. But I encourage you to check out the YouTube channel over there at Six Pack Coverage, which, of course, Five for Fighting is a proud member of Six Pack Media Coverage. Six Pack Coverage is a media group based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and they do more than just sports. But if you're looking to get a fix for sports, there is plenty of football, baseball, basketball, hockey, wrestling, doesn't matter. Check out the YouTube channel. They also have many other things such as food, travel, fitness. Uh, I believe they're even doing some crypto stuff. So plenty of great stuff happening over six-pack coverage. I encourage you to go check out not only their YouTube channel, but the website, which will be linked into the uh, linked into the description of this episode. Um, and, of course, before I get into it a little bit here, i got to mention the uh, the two heavy hitters, <laughs> the two assholes who I always like to mention at the uh, beginning of the podcast here. That's, of course, Darren over at the 4th Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast, who just had an actual uh, pretty good episode. Uh, you know, I say it like I'm surprised if he doesn't have uh, his content's all right, I guess. I'm not going to pump his tires too much. But, um, no, he had a pretty good episode, kind of going over how fighting is kind of looked at as almost like a joke uh, in today's today's world, um, as far as like players kind of buying into it a little bit, like you see the whole Pat Maroon and Wayne Simmons uh, smiling during the fights, and uh, I don't know, get, get into it, check it out, you'll enjoy it. Um, he also has a phenomenal back catalog: John Morassi, Joey Tedarenko, Clark Wilm, Josh Mazer, Dan Kopech, uh, Steve McIntyre. The list goes on for that guy. So uh, you know, I'm about done pumping his tire. So go check out his YouTube channel and his podcast. 
uh, Joe over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box, who just recently finally came out with another episode. Uh, much like myself, while I was moving, he was uh, kind of on hiatus as well. He's been very busy with work, and uh, you know he kind of gets into some frustrations of the podcasting world, and I, I totally get it. Finding guests is fucking hard right now. I don't know why. I don't know what the deal is, but like getting guys to come on the show has been fucking hard. Uh, I've been having an issue with it, Darren, Joe, um, all of us, and... You know, it's it's tough because we try to get a lot of us will get the minor league guys on. Now, Joe, of course, is an Islanders based podcast with the Coliseum Chronicles, the penalty box, as you can tell by that title. So he does strictly Islanders guys. Um, but even trying to get guys from like the minors and stuff because he covers anybody who's in their farm system. So um, <clears throat> whether it's ECHL, IHL, AHL or the actual the big club, the NHL. And he's had a great back catalog. Aaron Ashram, Jason Strudwick, uh, Trevor Gillies. Mike McWilliam, he's got a great back catalog, and Joe does a phenomenal job. And I think all of us do a pretty good job, uh, whether it's myself, Darren, or Joe. And for whatever reason, we just can't find guests right now. I don't I don't know why that is. Uh, it's tough. I've got some irons in the fire for some current guys, but like even just trying to get a guy from me, I don't know, like who played like 10 years ago, fuck, it's been rough right now. I just, I can't get anybody. Darren can't get anybody. Joe can't. And, um, you know, Joe has also expressed that you know, his show might be coming to an end because it's just we do this as a hobby and he doesn't want to chase guys. And I fucking get it, man. If it weren't for some of this ECHL content and having buddies on, I mean, I don't I, I don't know what I'd be doing. Um, to be completely honest, because I don't really watch the NHL. There's onesies and twosies topics I could cover. But and I've about tapped the uh, tapped the line dry for the ECHL content because, I mean, how much more can I do? Covering all the top, uh, the top guys, and uh, the season's about to come to an end. It's in the playoffs right now, and there might be a couple of things. But this isn't. While I've done the ECHL stuff the past couple of weeks, this isn't like an ECHL-based podcast. It's just the league that I watched while I was out in Fort Myers, and now that I'm up here in North Carolina, this is like kind of like the last of it. Because, uh, like I said, I don't. There's no ECHL team around me, so I'm not. I'm not gonna go and watch any games. There's there's Norfolk that's three hours away, so maybe next season when the Everblades come up, I might go catch a game or two. Uh, but other than that, the ECHL well has been has been dry for me at this point. Now, that being said, I am going to try to get some ECHL guys on, but it's not like they're, they're going to be tough guys. Like, I'm not ever going to have, and I don't mean this in disrespect, but you know, the, the main premise of the show here is Five for Fighting Podcast. So, um, you know, the, for the players to drop the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. For the players to drop the gloves is the big thing, right? So it's not like I'm just going to go out of nowhere and just start interviewing random guys in the ECHL. Um, I know I've covered a lot of ECHL stuff recently, and I'm sure some of you are probably sick and tired of it, but I have fun doing it. I had a lot of fun with this episode with John covering the tough guys who are still around in the league, and I want to kind of bring awareness to the league a little bit. Um, and I mentioned this last as I did the ECHL uh, year in review episode last week, which was uh, a lot of, I mean, it was a fine solo episode. It was more so bringing light to the league and it, it still has its moments and it's the, the old time hockey flares there a bit. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. And uh, I, I don't think people realize you're kind of seeing like the last of the Mohicans here as far as tough guys go. And I think I mentioned that in here. Uh, I think John and I both mentioned it, but you know, you get like the Nico Blatchman. That's a unicorn coming out of junior. You're especially not going to get that in the Q, the QMJHL anymore with what they're trying to do. They're trying to make it a, a you get one fight and you get a, uh, a suspension automatically after one fight. So, um, and it'll go through there. That's literally Quebec politicians pushing that on the league. So, um, you know, you're seeing like these, these guys are who are still out there throwing Anthony Collins, 
Kyle Newber, Travis Howe, Garrett Klotz. I mean, it really is the last of the Mohicans, man. So I'm trying to soak it up and enjoy it for what it is. So I apologize if the ECHL content is a little heavy. Nobody said anything to me, but I was like looking back at it. I'm like, yeah, I have been kind of fucking heavy on the ECHL shit today. But again, that also goes back to we can't get any fucking guests on. So it is what it is, right? Um, but I just wanted to kind of bring, bring some light to uh, some of the tough guys around the league. You know, we go over a lot of them here. Um, and I apologize if I'm forgetting, if we forgot any names or we left anybody out, you know, we could go on and break down a, every fight if we really wanted to, uh, but then you'd have a five hour episode. So we, to kind of keep it in an hour, um, we, we had a list, I think it was probably closer to about 15 guys, maybe not even that. Let me see here. Uh, about 12, yeah, 12, 15, something like that. Uh, just looking at the list real quick. I don't want to sit there and count the entire time, but, uh, yeah, so we went over, uh, you know, the, the big heavy hitters and the guys who, who the fight totals were, were up there. So, um, as you know, the ECHL has a 10-fight limit, which is ridiculous. And um, like I said, I took a poll down on my Twitter page and my Instagram and the YouTube, actually. And the overwhelming majority has spoken. It says the 10-fight rule is ridiculous. And uh, I know some players that voted in that in that poll, and I'm not gonna. I will leave the players anonymous, but all I will say is the players have spoken. Um, so it's still kind of funny to me that the league put that rule in. And everybody says, well, it's a development league. You don't want them fighting. Well, the NHL doesn't have a fight limit, so if it's a development league for the NHL, why are we gonna put a fight limit in, right? Uh, you know, I've gone over that and I've beat that horse to death you know, 14 times. So uh, no need to go over that, but. Um, Anyways, guys, I guess we'll get to the episode here. Uh, I appreciate all the support and the suggestions I've gotten for the uh, upcoming projects, we'll say, on the YouTube channel. I am planning on doing some video compilations, actually. As you know, I post all the ECHL fights on the Five for Fighting podcast YouTube channel. All the coach fights, um, I post them there. And... In the off season here, I'm actually going to go back. Not only am I going to go back from last season, not the 2021 uh, 22 season, but the 20 to 21 season, I will be going back and trying to upload as many fights as I can from that season. And then from there, I'm going to do, uh, cause I didn't want, I'm, I'm not going to go through and watch. I'm trying to remember as I go through, there's a lot of, there was actually a lot of fights this year. So I try to remember them as I go through here, but I will be doing a best of the ECHL 2021 to 22 season, uh, fight video. And on top of that, I'm actually going to try to do some videos of, player specific season so it's you know it'll be uh like you know nico blatchman echl 2021 to 2022 season or anthony collins echl 2021 to 22 season you know so on and so forth basically showcasing that player make a little compilation have some fucking some music going on in the background make a little fight video i think it'd be a lot of fun and it just gives me something to do in my free time and it'll be uh it'll be a grand old time We'll see how much free time I have. We actually go get a, a brand new puppy in about two weeks here. He's a German short hair pointer. Um, got him for duck hunting. He probably won't do any hunting this year because he's gonna. I'm, I'm gonna make sure he's good and ready when I when I get him trained. So we'll see how it goes. Actually, had a pretty good name for it. So I'll I'll announce the name. I've only told a couple people, but I'll announce the name later. And it isn't forest related, of course. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But anyways, guys, I'm running on ten minutes here. That's the plans for the YouTube channel. Please go over it. Check out the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. Search Five for Fighting Podcast. Give it a look-see and uh, follow. Give it a like, whatever the case is. Stay up to date on everything I post there regularly. Uh, maybe not so much the Facebook page, just because it's kind of it's just post the episode there. But like the YouTube 
uh, channel I upload on, the Instagram and the Twitter I post on pretty much daily. So uh, go definitely go check those out. Please rate and review the show. If you're on Spotify, give it whatever star you want. If it's one star, five stars, whatever the case is, uh, please rate and review the show. Same goes for Apple Podcasts. Or Google. I don't know. Does, does Google Play have ratings? I don't know. But if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I know for sure those two do ratings. So um, any any rating and review is greatly appreciated. But without further ado, guys, here me and John are breaking down and talking about some of the baddest dudes in the ECHL for the 2021 to 2022 season. Hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to catch you next time. This should be good. This should be very good. All right, here today we have a dude who I've been in touch with for quite a while now, uh, probably a couple years at this point, eh, bud? Yeah, it's been a while, man. I think we've, uh, yeah, at least probably maybe three or four years, I think. But um, yeah. just getting into ECHL, um, I, I'm kind of newer to it. Like you, I started uh, last season watching, so it's kind of like my second year. And um, yeah, it's a great league, man. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, so this is, for those who don't know, this is John from the Hockey Fight League. Um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of listeners were in the Hockey Fight League back in the day, and some people might be listening like, what the hell is that? It was literally a, what it says, a Hockey Fight League where we would draft for enforcers, um, you know, in a fantasy league or whatever, and we would have, you know, rosters, and you'd have to do, the matchups were at random, and the stages of every guy's career was different. So, like, let's say if you had Bob Probert, he could still be beat if you had him in like the Bob Pro. Was it what, what, what were the brackets that we said? We said rookie, prime, uh, and yeah. veteran, right? Prime or veteran? That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. yeah. And so if you know if Probert's in the veteran stage, well, he's got the possibility to be beat. So and it was all at random, but it was a lot of fun. Um, but I, I can imagine. I don't know how you had the patience to run this shit because I just the draft alone when we would do it because it was all via email. It, was, it sounds archaic as if there's not a better way for all of us to do it, but it was because there was so many people in the league. It was the only only way to do it. But man, I remember the draft would take like a week and a half, two weeks. Oh man, more <laughs> than that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a fun time. Um, shitload of work and stuff, but uh, it was good, man. I met a lot of cool people doing it, and uh, yeah, no, it was fun. Oh, I can only imagine people who don't know what that is. They're just looking at us like you guys are a bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> Nerds, man. <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, my God. But today, I figured it'd be a good discussion. Well, John was kind of the one who really, you know, nudged me in the direction of the ECHL. And then once I once I moved down to Fort Myers um, during the season, or right before the season, excuse me, <clears throat> that's what really kind of, you know, made me really look into the Everblades and getting a season ticket, um, you know, my wife and I. And so John has been an ECHL fan. He's like you said, he's kind of newer to it, but he's been a fan, what, like two, two, two years now at least. I think I remember yeah, you saying it back in the day. Yeah, it's my second year watching it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yes. Yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. And so you follow Alan for now, correct? Because of uh, yes. that's where you're, you're a big Darian Scale fan. Big Scale fan. So I, that's pretty much why I started watching ECHL last year. I uh, last year was his first year pro. He originally signed with Indy. Um, so before that, he was in. Canadian college or Canadian university. So I was watching that for two years before that. Um, yeah, that's where I first saw Nico too, actually. He was down in Concordia <laughs> and he fought Theo in the university there. And there's not much fighting there, but obviously Nico's going to oh, fight. Oh, they, fight, they right? fought? I, I, you could have fooled yeah, me. I never knew that. Yeah. Oh, right on, man. Right on. Uh, yeah, because you got to see you got to see Skio play out in, uh, in junior for the Giants out in Vancouver, correct? Yeah, and actually before that, man, like, um, believe it or not, I used to actually be a Leafs fan. And um, this purpose? was probably going back in like 2015 <laughs> or something. And at the time, I was still in the hockey. I couldn't get enough hockey. And 
they had just signed um, a defenseman as Andrew Nielsen. He's actually with the Utah Grizzlies now. And, um, you know, the scout report on him, he was uh, big, you know, uh, put up offense with fight and stuff. I'm like, so that's cool. And I'm like, um, you know, I'll, I'll follow this guy. So I got like, uh, you could buy like a season's um, pass kind of on the TV to watch all the, he was with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So I watched got the season's pass, watched the Hurricanes just for the hell of it. And that's where uh, Skios in his rookie year. And uh, I was like, who's this kid, man? This guy's fucking awesome, right? And ever since then, I've just kind of just followed wherever he's gone and, and watched his games, but... Yeah, no, for sure, man. And Skiwa's fights this year have been awesome, and we'll get we'll get to talking about him. We got so the, the kind of the premise of the episode out here, folks, is just kind of go over some of the tough guys and um, you know shows because I think the ECHL really might be the last league where these these dudes who you know carve their way in coming up fighting, or I think it's really the last league. Now you might get the onesies and twosies. Um, I just saw like last night, uh, uh, Boku Imama signed with uh, or not signed, but he played his first game with uh, Arizona, yeah. so that was really cool to see. Um, another tough dude who, you know, was known to throw down, but, um, you just don't see it as much these days. Like I said, Nico Blatchman was like a unicorn coming out of nowhere. And I mean, it was unreal to see a kid come out of junior today, as young as he is, uh, fighting. So you just don't see it a lot. So you got a lot of chiseled veterans out in the ECHL who were kind of, um, I'd say more so masters of the craft as opposed to kind of newer guys coming in. Um, but like I said, you got the the Nico Blatchman coming in out of nowhere, which was awesome. And uh, Jimmy Mazza will bring up, but. Uh, so we got a kind of a list of guys Chad here. Is how he got in, um, Chad is how he got in one AHL game, and he actually fought the mama. That was his fight in that game. Oh, really? I, that. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I've seen that one. I know I know. Uh, Newber, Newber played quite a few years in the AHL. Um, I think he played three or four at least. And then he actually, just this year, he was on loan. Um, was the I think it was for the Admirals. Uh, last year he was on loan to the Tucson Roadrunners of all teams. Um, but he actually fought Kyle Marino of Idaho. But Marino's been up in the AHL quite a bit, too. He hasn't yeah. been in the AHL more than the ECHL this year, I think. He started off in the coast for quite a bit, but then he almost, like, never looked back once he went to the AHL this year. Marino's tough, man, and he's a good player, too. Like, it doesn't surprise me he's up. he's been up in the AHL. Yeah, I didn't – I was just looking. I was like, I can't remember if I put him on the list because he went up to the AHL, so I was like – Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, we'll kind of just start off and just kind of bullshit about guys here. And uh, this is a dude, hopefully I got him coming onto the podcast here in a little bit. Uh, I've, I've been in talks with him a little bit, um, but there's no guarantees. But Anthony Collins, big Anthony Collins, who um, I had to do some research on a little bit uh, beforehand because I think it was uh, who really got me to go down the Anthony Collins rabbit hole was actually Jay out and I when we were talking about top 10 toughest quad city mallards of all time. And he actually brought up Collins. I was like, man, I know Collins is in the coast. So started looking into it and I was like, yeah, dude, this dude is tough. Like he doesn't, what I described the other day, I don't know if you saw it on Twitter. Cause I know I'm not sure you're on Twitter anymore. Um, but basically like it was kind of like Pat Maroon almost fights to like not lose, if that makes sense. And I was oh, yeah. like, Anthony Collins is the dude who just fights to win. Like he's, he does not give a shit. His uh, uppercut is vicious, man. Just vicious. It really, and I think it really he, that's is. how he gets. He got a couple T, TKOs. I know. Was it? Uh, was it Jared Brandt? Was that the first one he TKO'd? I think. I think so. That was the one on red. But it was right? an uppercut, right? Just a vicious uppercut. Yeah. Let me see. I'll pull it. I'll pull it up here. As as we have this little little video interaction here, we'll share the screen. Um, got some. This was a good one he had versus uh, Isaacson um, when he fought. I think that was his in Norfolk. But I don't have the volume on, but, like, um, let me see here. Like, he comes in with a heater of a fucking left hand. Or right hand, excuse me. Like, God, that's just nuts. But, like, you got Collins doing that and then the uppercut he had. I, and I wish there was more volume on the other one. Um, 
but the the like the audio was messed up, so I couldn't do it. Um, he had this really good one versus Parker too, and Parker's a big dude who's kind of coming in. But uh, Parker's it, huge, man. That guy's a huge dude. He really is. He's like six nine, I think, or something. Yeah, he is. I believe he's six nine. And Anthony Collins does pretty well against him here too. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, holy, like for for Anthony Collins to do that versus a dude who's six nine, you know, he's doing something right and. Um, I know some people don't like it, but Anthony Collins is a dude. He'll he'll hype the crowd up and everything. Like, look at this uppercuts. Like, oh, brutal. Um, but like, he's a dude who he'll do the, the 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 crowd hyping up. And I know some people don't like it, but I mean, it's the East Coast League. It, it's minor pro hockey. You don't get any better than that, in my opinion, right? For sure, man. I, honestly, I think you could easily make, from my opinion, you could easily make a case that Anthony Collins might be the toughest guy in the league. Oh yeah, like, without without. I, a doubt. I think he's that good. Yeah, no, I yeah, here it is. Here's the one versus Brand. Oh, this one's this one's rough. Um, but yeah, like like just like the the punching power he has, he might be the hardest puncher in the East Coast League, if you ask me. I mean, if we're just talking strictly punching power, and I mean his fighting abilities bar none too, compared to you know most in the league. But like, um, he you saw what he did there with the uppercut. You saw what he did to Isaacson. You don't see guys getting dropped like that, but he's already, I think he's got the most TKOs this year, at least, um, compared to everybody else. So it's hard not to say Anthony Collins might be the top dog in the league. You got in, uh, he just squeaked in. I saw he had nine fights on the year. There's a few guys who finished at nine, you know, the next one he gets suspended, right? So they have it down to like the math perfectly. I think, I think Nuber finished with nine too. I think, I think he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think f- like four of those were Travis Howe, <laughs> the, the Howe and Newber saga. That's the, that's gotta be the best rivalry, like in the ECHL, Howe Newber for sure. Oh, I love it. And here was a dude. And I know he battled injuries too. We'll move on to the next guy. And he's been, this dude has been doing it for years. Tough motherfucker was Garrett Klotz. Yeah. Klotz missed like, uh, I think it was like 38 games this year. So he just got in the six fights. Um, huge guy, man, six, six, two fifty. Um, third round pick of the flyers actually in the 2007 draft but like you said man he's he's been around and he's fought everyone dude like west garth i know that fight wasn't great for him but fraser mclaren um mcgrathy Barasti, pl3 kip brennan like this guy his resume is like for an enforcer that's still around is nuts oh yeah man and i'm trying to pull up some fight because my problem with that when i search garrett klotz fights <laughs> there's so many of them so i'm trying to like just go through the ones for this season right um and I think cross was... one. You, you got that video. You don't have that video anymore. Is that right? <sighs> no, the crunk one, uh, t- you know, Taylor crunk getting knocked out. was removed on my YouTube channel and I didn't want to risk getting another strike. So, um, yeah, that one ceased to live on my YouTube channel because I don't know. It, well, that's, what's funny. I don't know what constitutes the, um, like the algorithm or whatever to, take my stuff down because like how how come that gets taken down but you could go look at west garth getting ko'd by luke gazdick no problem on hockeyfights.com yeah it doesn't make sense but yeah so Klotz this year didn't get into today junior um get into too many fights but um he's still he's got potential to be one of the top dogs in the league still for sure um I was just trying to look through, and yeah, you can see some. If you if you want to have a good good time, go down the Garrett Klotz rabbit hole. Even his stuff over in the uh, European League, the EIHL, that was some good stuff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A good fight against uh, Austin Crosley too. Gave it to him pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, I was actually just looking at that one too. Um, the next one. So I I kind of combined both these guys because they both play for Atlanta, and if people listen, they know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, the Thrower Boys, Josh and um, 
Josh and Dalton Thrower out in Atlanta. Uh, two tough dudes, and those are those were in my eyes kind of like the last of the guys coming up fighting from junior. Aside from like I said, the the one off Nico Blashman that comes out of nowhere. Um, especially especially now with the Quebec League rules, <laughs> there's no way you're going to get a Nico Blatchman coming out of that league anymore. But the Thrower Boys were kind of like the last last of the dudes to come out swinging um, at a junior because I th- I want to say they were both Dub Boys. I could be wrong, but I believe they were both. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, that's why I got you. I my my WHL expert over here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I I think. Out of the two, I got to give the nod to. I think Josh might be the a little bit better of the fighter, but either way, it's almost like it reminds me of they're the the ECHL Mario and Serge Roberts or something like that. You know? Yeah, I think Dalton's probably the better player. Yeah. Um, you know, second round pick of Montreal. Um, he's a lot less active fighting too. Um, you know, he had three fights this year, whereas uh, Josh was tied for first with eleven. I think with Nico, right? Nico had eleven. Uh, yes, yes. He just. I yep. think they're tied for first, so. But like not huge guys, man. Like um, I think they're both around six one, two hundred. Um, Josh had that great uh, TKO of Jake Kearley too, man. Which is a I remember that video you shared. I think uh, Kearley sends a shot a bit late on goal, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that one. I was fortunate enough to catch this too. Um, let me share the screen here. Uh, I, I don't know what made me do it because normally like, I, I don't know why I just had a feeling something was going to go down in warmups a little bit and sure as shit, uh, there's Nuber and, uh, was it, it was, I think both the thrower brothers actually, um, we'll look at the video here. I'm sure you'll probably be able to hear my drunk ass in the background, but he's talking with both of them and something happens. I think, uh, Dalton put his stick out in Nuber's chest and Nuber just swats it. <laughs> So, you know, they're they're all about the, the pregame stuff. Um, and then, like you said, uh, he had that really good uh, – Josh did on that uh, Kearley fight. And I think they fought twice. The, the second one is when uh, is when he really got Kearley. Yeah, I got it labeled as the old TKO. Um, and, yeah, he, he put it on late. And I remember watching the game. I was like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And – I mean, he got mugged to begin with because he shot after the whistle, and it was that uppercut. That was a vicious uppercut. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember watching the game. I was like, oh, clearly you done fucked up, bud. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough team, though, Atlanta. Um, you know, and they added uh, Jacob Graves, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that that's the series to watch, man, like um, versus uh, Jacksonville, who's got, like, uh, you know, Howe Friend and uh, yeah. McKinnon. Like, uh, Howard Chuck will go, too, show, sometimes, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, Atlanta's got the thrower boys. They got Graves. Turner will go. Um, and there's one other guy. I'm trying to remember. Why can't I remember his name? He he he's not he he's not going to get like you know anything close to ten fights. But when you agitate him, he'll go. And I can't remember it. It might be I might be thinking of Luke Nogard. Um, but yeah, uh, Nogard's traded. I think he's in uh, Iowa now. I think you are right. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he got traded. That's right. Um, but yeah, like you said, that was a, that's a fun series to watch. I know it got really chippy the first game, and then yesterday we got to see the fight between Graves and uh, McKinnon, and so that's both both teams are stacked with toughness. So I think that's a that's a this series to watch. I agree. That's a um, McKinnon versus Graves. That's a good matchup too. Uh, McKinnon he did really well, eh? Oh yeah, he did very well against. Um, I thought that was going to be a closer it. fight than it was, and uh, McKinnon's another guy. Like he's not he's not a big guy, but man, he's tough as shit too. Like pretty awesome uh sidekick for travis howe oh yeah man they got the good one-two punch and it, it was so funny for me because 
I got to watch the, the progression of, of Florida and they started out just like stacked. Like they had Keerly, Blatchman, Newber, uh, Russell Jordan was there for a bit too. And then I didn't like, it's just like they progressively just got less and less tough. And I'm not saying that to be like disrespectful, obviously, but it's like the guys who were there to throw down, it's like, they got less and less, uh, they, they let them all go, which I mean, they, they must've done something right there in the playoffs. So, I mean, it's not like I could sit there and be like, Oh, you guys are idiots. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope Newbert gets into the lineup though. I think um, if you get past Greenville, you, you, then it's a, uh, it's Jacksonville or Atlanta next. And you, you want a guy like Kyle Newbert for that series. Yes. A hundred percent. So the next guy is actually a dude who uh, I had heard of no pun intended, uh, but it's Mitchell Hurd. So I had heard of him from actually uh, Tommy down in, in Florida, who was kind of like, he, like I said, he took me under his wing and kind of showed me the ropes of the Everblades. And Mitchell Hurd was actually on the Everblades a couple of years back. And everybody, from all accounts, like nothing but pure entertainment. Like he'll go in swinging, he could score goals, and he'll just, you know, he does the whole hands up, everything like that after fights. And I, out of nowhere, um, Toledo comes in and signs him. And so he was on Toledo, and that was a good one-two punch, which uh, you know the guy we'll talk about later uh, is Cole Frazier. But that's a good one-two punch there in Toledo. But Mitchell Hurd, um, he did very well in most of his fights this year. Um, I don't think he got in an overabundance of them. I want to say he probably got closer to like five or six maybe. Um, yeah, four fights. Four fights, but he did he did yeah. very well in all of them. Yeah, he had the TKO of uh, Chase Ruddy. Yep. Um, uh, fought Keegan Iverson, uh, fought Chase Ruddy again, um, and then Kyle Marino. That was a good fight he had. But um, like you said, dude, he's a good player. Man, he had 49 points in 49 games this year. Um, now I actually didn't know he's actually a second round pick too of Colorado. Like this guy yeah. can play hockey. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he's good, man. And yeah, I forgot actually that the first the this was his first fight for Toledo. I think once he signed there was this one versus Chase Ruddy and. I mean, just buckled him, just absolutely buckled him. So, and of course, you got in, in Mitchell Hurd fashion, doing the whole pumping up the crowd. I mean, how can you not love it, right? Um, and I know Toledo actually has some shirts, I think, that say Hurd that, and they got like the, the silhouette of him doing that. Uh, I don't know, I always call it like moose antlers is what it looks like to me. But um, And then he went with Chase Ruddy again, and this was a pretty good one, I think, if I remember right. Um but Ruddy did much better. No TKO here. But yeah, so Mitchell Hurd is just like uh, just pure energy guy. I don't know how people can't like him. Uh, Lucky Toledo. I wish I got to see him in his prime. Well, I should say in his prime, but when he was out uh, with the Florida Everblades, because I think it would. I mean, seeing a guy like that, he reminds me of like the Nico Blatchman kind of type deal. Oh, and like, win and lose, you're you're pumping up the crowd. You're getting it going. Yeah. And yeah. that's what it's all about. Oh, he actually had a good. He's not a big guy, too. He's like a 6'0", 200. So, but he, you know, he can go with anyone. Yeah, he really can. I forgot he actually had this uh, had this one versus Marino. I don't think this one was too, too great, but I could be wrong. But, I mean, Kyle Marino, like I said, another tough dude, which, again, I, unfortunately, I left him off the list because he went with the AHL. Oh, that one was better than I remember. Yeah, it's not but, a bad fight. No. And, again, he... I'd probably give the edge to Marino there, but in typical Mitchell Hurd fashion, still pumping the boys up. You got to love it. You got to love it. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Toledo is spoiled. And I think it was after the Frazier fight, and we'll get to the video. And I know the dude, the dude who actually messaged me, sending me footage of one of them from like the stands, was the guy. He's the, he's the dude that throws the walleye on the ice after whatever, if whether it's a goal or if it's a fight. It's <laughs> so, awesome, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> Peak minor pro hockey. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I remember when I saw that, and I think I sent it to you right away. I was like, they threw a fucking walleye on the ice. <laughs> so I think that was for Cole Frazier. And Cole Frazier is a tough dude um, as well. And I believe he was drafted as well from. It was a uh, fifth round pick of Detroit, uh, 2017. There it is. That's why, you know, look at this. That's why I got John on. He's he's already got all the stats <laughs> up. He does all the homework. He makes it easy for me. I just say say a guy and John goes. This is tremendous. Um, Cole Fraser, man. To me, he like, I don't know, for some reason, like, uh, he just seems like such a veteran to me, but he's only like 22 years old. He's a young guy. I agree. And I was thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, man, this guy, uh, you know, he's got to be a little bit older, but he's really not. And I forgot, yeah, he actually fought Skio, uh, and I'm trying to remember if that was a decent one or not not bad yes you had already fought uh ian parker that game which is probably a better fight out of the two yes that's right that was um one. cole fraser though he had that uh, tko of tommy a pop though which was a which is pretty awesome yes so we'll get to that here i got that um where is it at should be here this is this was it and i think this was when the walleye was thrown this one's really quiet we'll turn it up um but yeah, Frazier, and you look at his old, even his older stuff, like from junior, man, Frazier was solid. And he's another dude I'd like to actually get on the podcast. I've been reached out to by like whoever signed him. I think like his management company or like his agent on Twitter. And so I'd love to actually interview him. We'll see if it actually comes to fruition though. But he's another real entertainer too, eh? Oh yeah, he's same thing. Hyping the crowd up. Like that TKO buckles yeah. him. And I, th- I want to say this was the one where he threw the walleye on. Um, but yeah, it gets off and just hyping the hyping the boys up. Let's go. Uh, you love to see it. And I, you know, I will say, oh, go ahead. Stat on uh, Cole Fraser. Sorry, interrupting man. No, go ahead, man. Uh, interesting stat on him is actually seven of his fights, all uh, six of them are at home ice. Oh, really? Yeah, and I know some guys get criticized for that. Like they they're way more willing on uh, home ice than they are when they're on the road. But I don't know. It just could, it could be just coincidence. But it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I will say this too about Toledo. Um, there's a game, or there's a there's a arena I would love to go catch a game at. It seems like the fans there are just like absolute diehards, and I get like old Quad City Mallard vibes from them because like the, the fans of the old Mallards games went fucking hard, and this was a good one versus Paré. Um, but they, you know. You, well, one, I got to see the, this walleye thrown on the ice, whether it's a goal or a fight. That's something I need to witness before I die. Um, and two, I mean, it seems like their barn's always packed. It's just a packed house out there in Toledo all the time. Yeah, Allen did a, a road trip. I don't see Toledo, like, uh, I don't see their games that often, but they did a road trip down there, and I think they were, like, they are pulling, like, 7,000, 8,000 fans uh, each game, which is, like, most, uh, I mean, the most of the games in the Mountain Division I see are usually, like, 3,000, 4,000, like, yeah. Good numbers, man, and fucking awesome jerseys too. I love those jerseys. The, the dude, the walleye with the tooth missing playing hockey, yeah. tremendous, tremendous. I, I I will say, now, the Everblades could have had it if they didn't do this damn gray jerseys. I still love you the hate those, love, eh? I I don't, I don't mind them. Well, I, no, I shouldn't say that. I don't hate them. It's just the fact that the white ones were so beautiful with the gator teeth. True. To go from that to the gray ones, it's like, oh fuck. I think these are one season wonders though. So at least yeah, they got I that do going. prefer the white. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fuck with the teeth strike, man. Like No, you can't. It's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Man. And I will I'll give I'll give Orlando props too. Their sweaters are pretty sharp as well, even though they're purple. Purple and orange should not be colors that go together, but somehow Orlando makes it work. 
I love the Solar Bears jersey. That's probably my favorite jersey in the whole league. Really? The Solar Bears, yeah. Wow. Um, who is it? Uh, is it Searson? He's got um, a Solar Bears uh, Mel Engelstad jersey. Yes, eh? that motherfucker. And I tell you what, he got a fucking deal on that thing. Whoever sold yeah. it to him, cut him a good deal. Um, and I like those ones more. Those are the, the the OG ones. Those were like black. Those are better. Purple. Those yeah, are better for sure. I like those. Yeah. And I will say Idaho and Utah have Utah with like the grizzly bear claw going through it or whatever. And then Utah with all the trees. Those are two tremendous jerseys as well. I, I yeah. dig those. Um, if you couldn't tell folks, we're also Jersey nerds. So I apologize for the side <laughs> talk here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then there's a couple like I don't like Reddings at all. I think Reddings are terrible. Um, but we'll move on here. Speaking of Everblades, though, we'll bring up our my boy who I fanboy out to, according to folks on YouTube, uh, old Kyle Newber with the Florida Everblades. Uh, Newber, I believe, hit nine fights this year. Um, yeah, yeah. He and it was funny because there was a, there was a long gap where he was trying to get anybody and everybody to go, and nobody would drop him. And then finally, like towards the very end. I think he was able to get in three or four and pretty, pretty rapid succession for today's hockey. Like, I think he was able to get probably, probably like four fights in about 10, 15 games. So, I mean, that's, you know, you're, you're kind of busy, especially in today's standards, but, uh, Newber's a dude who's been around for, for years and coming out of junior, he had a big rep in junior actually for the, uh, the Ontario league. Um, I know there was like even champ talks with, with Kyle Newber in the OHL. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but from what I've read around a little bit from folks who followed it, I know you followed mostly the Western League, but I'm sure you could probably attest to the Ontario League more than I could. Yeah, and uh, I, I didn't see all, obviously I didn't see all his fights in junior, but one that really stands out, man, is uh, versus Luke Gastic in the yep. OHL. If you haven't seen that, that's a tremendous fight, man. Um, but yeah, another, another he's drafted too, uh, Columbus, Columbus Blue, yep. uh, Blue Jackets pick, I think. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, fight resume. He's got another another guy's got a great resume, man. Uh, he's fought Bordalo, Justin Johnson, uh, Tristan Grant, Matt Cassian, Anthony Peluso. Like he he's an elite heavyweight, man. He goes with the he goes with the best. Oh yeah, man. And I was fortunate enough. I, I, <laughs> I laugh because every time, well, no, not every time, but for whatever reason, the Everblades always like to fight at home when I was just pissed drunk. So I'd be always just hooting and hollering in the videos. Let me, I'll pull up some Newber stuff. But here was my, my introduction to Everblades hockey um, was opening night. Kyle Newber, Travis Howe, probably one of the best rivalries. Uh, this has got to be at 1023. Yeah, we'll do the broadcast angle because we don't need to hear my drunk ass yelling in the background of this video. Um, I love your versions, man. <laughs> somebody said the best part for me was somebody said at, at one point um they were like oh i'm hitting the wrong thing over here trying to hit zoom there we go um somebody said like oh man the dude in the background gets me hyped up i'm like that was me like seven beers and three jack and cokes deep with like a fucking patron shot it was like well i'm glad i somebody likes it you know um <laughs> <laughs> and I, i'm trying to remember what fight that was for oh no that was the night um it was when when Perkovich fought. I think it was I was Isaacson off the draw, and then the very next face off, Blatchman and yes. Newber go at it. Yeah, yeah, buddy, you want to talk about being bricked up for a game? <laughs> that was one I was bricked up for. Um, but this was my actual my introduction, my first ever Kyle Newber Travis Howe fight I got to watch, and I was almost late getting the camera out. 
I'm sure the Everblades broadcast is nice and quiet like it normally is. Um, yeah, I don't even how, look how quiet this is. I don't even think the announcer's going. Um, but yeah, so I got to see this. This was the the very first introduction to Kyle Newber I had, and I mean his his fights with with Travis Howe, they're just wars, man. And win or lose, they're both going every single time. And, you know, besides the one where the stripes got in there too early and I started bitching and moaning in the background of that video, um, aside from that one, like, these are marathon fights. These aren't going for – this isn't 15-second jersey jabs. These dudes are throwing bombs. Like, I want to say this fight itself lasted, like, I think 45 seconds. You got to love Travis Howe waving off the linesman and stuff, too. Travis Howe, I don't think I've ever seen a fight where he doesn't wave off the lines. No, he always tells him to fuck right off. <laughs> All, like, the first thing that comes to mind is um, the one, the fight where it, with his uh, Bonvi versus Vandenbush, and Vandenbush waves the linesman off, and the announcer's like, Vandenbush yeah. tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. <laughs> but that was my introduction to to Kyle Newber, and I was like, this is, this is fucking awesome. Like, buckets are dropped. Uh, you know, like they're center ice. It's the it's the main event fight, and this was tremendous. So I was very thrilled with that. And then uh, we can obviously see here, this was and this was one of my favorite fights of the year. And I know people don't like it. I know I've been ridiculed for defending Nuber on it, but this was this was games in the making with this fight with Alexi. And Nuber hammering him with rights. Alexi has the helmet off. Nuber keeps like he just pummels on, him there, and, and people down. don't realize the background. And I, th I think, oh, hold on. I love there was no good fight. There, no Nuber over here just screams "fuck you" to him. <laughs> no good fight, buddy. After that one, but that was games in the making with Alexi. Uh, he was trying to get Alexi to go a couple times, and then Alexi ended up going with, um, you know. Not, I won't say lesser guy. I mean, I guess he yeah, had lesser guys because nobody of Nuber caliber, obviously. Um, but that was enforcement 101, man. If you're not going to go, I'm going to force your hand. And so I, I love it. That's a, that old school kind of mentality. And I know some people don't like it, but it's just that's what an enforcer does. I hate to say it. I, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news. I know you'll do that. You, you think the same way is an enforcer is not there to be a nice guy and play patty cake. They're supposed to be an asshole. And that's exactly what it was. Yeah, Nuber. I mean, Nuber's. I mean, he's, he's such a good enforcer and, you know, and I, I, I there was a similar incident actually with Steel. Um, it was games in the making Lauren, you and eventually Steel he just jumped him and he's just ground and pounds him. Like, and he got, you know, he got suspended for it and stuff, but like, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. Right. Like, I, and I think sometimes players think that they can do, say whatever they want, they're going to be protected. And it, you know, honestly, it's like, it's good to see. I think of, uh, comes to mind, Sean Allen, man, he's, that guy had the full uh, bubble on and stuff. Sean Allen, he just, he like gets <laughs> on the ground, yeah. rips it off and punches him. Like no one's safe, man. And that's how it should be. Right. And people might be like, oh my God, you guys are fucking barbaric. But listen, there's, <laughs> there's a certain thing, like, like I said, it's, it's been so misconstrued with the code and everything. People think like, like at the end of the day, it's a fight. It's a fist fight. It's been so glorified now to where, okay, well, I don't know. Alexi's not quite as tall as Nuber. He doesn't have the same weight as him. I don't give a fuck. Like, why, why, nobody said this about Ty Domi when he was fighting Probert. How much size did Probert have on Domi? And I'm, obviously I'm not comparing the two of, you know, being Domi and Probert, but um, size-wise we're talking here. But there's no, there's no such thing as checking IDs and weigh-ins for a hockey fight. This is how it goes. 
And and again, I don't have anything wrong with what Alexi did. If you want to refuse to fight Nuber and be an asshole, fuck, that's perfect. That's your role. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. I have zero issue with it. But it's going to catch up to you, and it caught up to him. Yeah, yeah. So, And, uh, yeah, I we'll talk about, I think, uh, Mikhail Ro, uh, Robodeau. Mm. And, and same thing. He's not uh, – we'll get to him, but he's not a legitimate heavyweight. But, you know – and uh, he's been more of a pest and stuff. And uh, th- you know, it's they're good. It, they're good for the game, though. I think, right? They make the games interesting. And uh, oh, I, I'm glad they're around. Absolutely, I've always like, man, you like. And it was funny because my wife, of course, you know, uh, newer to ECHL hockey, like myself. Oh, she hated Noah Corson from from the Admirals, and I was like, I I love Noah Corson because he's a fucking yeah. asshole and he's a pest. He won't drop the gloves all the time, but he's a pest. And I yeah. was like, it's great for the game. But she, yeah, oh, they make the game. They make the game boil over. Exactly. Right? So, it's it's, what, yeah. it's like that 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 pressure valve where the pressure's building, pressure's building, yeah. and it's because of guys like that. And I was like, I fucking love this dude. I love Noah Corson. And she, every time he'd take the ice, I, I, I understand her though. He's a little shit. Oh, he is. Oh, she'd be sitting there. She's like, "There's that fucking Corson." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, exactly. Um, and those are good games too. The the Everblades and Admirals were really really solid. Actually, Anthony Collins and Nuber fought, and it was a better fight than I remember. I I, I thought it was like a, just a grappling match. It kind of was, but it was better than I thought. I, those are two dudes I don't think you want to take a bomb from. So they're probably probably fighting a bit smart there. Um, yeah, yeah. But the next dude on the list, and I kind of I, I thought of this off the top of my head when I was making this list. I was like, well, might as well put the two together. As we just mentioned him with the wars that he's had with Nuber this year. Uh, but Travis Howe for Jacksonville, and I love Travis Howe. Tra- Travis Howe is another guy, man. You could definitely make a case for him being the toughest in the league, without a doubt. Um, I how do you, how how would you score the series between him and Nuber? So, you know, me as a fight fan and a someone who doesn't get blinded by fandom, I would honestly probably give the edge to Howe. Um, their first fight, I would say, was a tie. The second one, I remember, was definitely a edge to Howe. So I'd give him, you know, he's, he's up one. He's 1-0-1 on that aspect. Um, the third one, I'm trying to remember the third one. I would still probably give that one to how just very slightly if i remember if it's the fight i'm trying to think of uh you know fuck i'll just pull it up we can you know i'm sitting here oh yeah let me try to remember it as if i don't have fucking youtube (laughs) there's some asshole on five for fighting podcast that doesn't upload these every fucking year or every season for this um let me see here um i think yeah this is the one i'm thinking of because this wasn't the one with the all-star game this was their comeback okay here we go let me run it from the top here and we'll be the judge here and then the fourth one for sure definitely goes to how because the line's been broken up early but he yeah. did get newber down so i would have to definitely give the nod to how there um just scoring that fight strictly off of what we got which it sucks because that was my last uh, my last chance and I, I knew they were gonna go to i just fucking knew it and i was like this is the main event here we go and the line's been broken up and I was like, I swear to God, they took, like, Kevin Collins 101 class right before the fucking game. Um, so here we go. This was Jacksonville's announcer is awesome, by the way. I always love him. Um, but, yeah, this one, this was the third one. This was round three. And I think I'd still score it to Hal. Actually, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, this was the one. 
Newber, I think Newber landed the better shots. How threw more, yeah. but I think Newber actually landed the better shots in this one. So I would say how for the year versus Newber is two, one, and one. I'd say one is a t the round one would probably be a tie. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had a, like, I was going over all of house fights last night. And I think I think I had him like three zero and one, but like none of the wins are like huge. They're just kind of slight edges. Yep. But if I go over all of Travis House fights, like I had him, if I have his record is like eight zero and one. Um, you know, and he had that, you know, and his man, he's fighting top guys too. Um, oh yeah. Like well, Kyle Newber four times, but um, I think he had Ross Olson in there too. Um. Yeah, that TKO on Kevin Lohan died recently, right? Is that TKO? I think his last fight. I think, but yeah. Um, so let me see here versus Lohan. Yeah, he uh, he got he got both him and uh, what's it called? And uh, fuck, who did, who was the other guy he fought? Olsen. Olsen, there's another yeah. dude. I I, I, can't, I don't believe I put him on the list, but Olsen, another tough dude. Tough guy, yeah. Which props to Lohan, you know, good for him being the captain of the, uh, not Everblades, captain of the Solar Bears for dr even trying to drop the gloves with Hal. Absolutely. Oh, you man. see that real quick? You see him, you see him point, point to the linesman, says, like, don't you get, don't get in here. He said, stay the fuck out. Always. <laughs> <laughs> you love it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he catches him there. Um, he actually he had two fights that game, and he did, he did very solid in both of them. And like you said, I, I, I really think, you know, in terms of top dogs in the league, uh, Anthony Collins and Travis Howe got to be in contention for it. Yeah. So, and I mean, how he's a guy who loves to fight, years. man. Like uh, in his first ECHL season, he had like uh, 22 fights in 50 games, man. Like for like 2016, 2017, those are pretty like good numbers. Yeah, and like 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 this is just shows like the like like I don't, it's hard to describe it for some folks who might not know what we're talking about, but like almost like how. He's calm in a fight, if that makes sense. Like, you, once you do it so much, you get calm, and that's when a dude becomes scary. Like, he literally just sat there. He he sat here, just waiting, and let Olsen throw all the punches. And as soon as he just saw the opportunity, just pounced on it and took Olsen down like nothing. Um, which I mean, hey, props to Olsen for dropping. Like, he's just taking it, taking it, taking it, and then he just knows exactly when to strike, and the fight's over in five seconds. It's like that's when you know you're a master at your craft at that point. Like you, you that's the dude who knows what the fuck he's doing and that's when a dude gets scary. Yeah, Travis House absolute beast, man. And um I am happy to see in the in the playoffs. Uh looks like he's getting a regular shift and stuff. I think he even scored a goal. Uh I want to say he scored a goal last game too or um you know like ECHL, you know you see kind of a few of the guys they you know either get cut or they they don't kind of make a get a get a shift in the playoffs and stuff. So uh, I, I'm really rooting for Jacksonville, man, because I I really like their team and to see Travis Howe out there regularly is is pretty awesome. Yeah, Jack Jacksonville and and the Everblades rivalry I got to saw was got to saw yeah fuck easy for me to say I got to see was a very very fun rivalry to watch. Um, I would say the two best teams to watch play the Everblades. The Stingrays were fun, but man, besides Nico, they had fuck all for toughness. And um, Nico, Nico being a one man band, it's hard to do it all at that point. But the two best teams I got to see them play the the Orlando or not Orlando, Orlando was good. Orlando was just kind of soft. Um, but Norfolk, it was Norfolk and Jacksonville were the two best series. And Norfolk had Collins. It was fun. it was actually I will say this: it was really cool to see. Um, uh, was, I believe his name is Darian. Darian Craighead play as seeing John Craighead, who was a former guest on the show forever ago, but seeing his kid play, that was really cool. Um, 
But yeah, I'd say those are the two best series. So Jacksonville really is it is a fun team to watch. And I'll yeah. tell you what, they they look like they were really loving it last night. The the barn out in Jacksonville looked packed, like at, like to the brim for the playoffs. So good for them. I would love to see a Jacksonville versus uh, Florida series. Yes, so I would yeah, love to next round, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So the next guy who stirred up quite the controversy all over the league, taking it by storm as a rookie, I uh, had him on the podcast and. Uh, I was also one of my introductions to the Everblades was seeing him fight Chris Ordebody off the rip. Uh, but Nico Blatchman, who, of course, ended up with South Carolina, he's currently unsigned, and we'll see where he goes next year. But Nico Blatchman coming out of nowhere. He led the league with 11 fights. I think he's tied with uh, Josh Thrower. So there's the uh, the two fight leaders. Now, and John, you might know the rule, because real quick, we'll get sidetracked here, but you when when the fights come around in the playoffs the fight rule is changed correct like the, it, it's reset i think you're allowed like four fights in the playoffs i think i heard i could be wrong but i heard in the playoffs it's two fights well that's fucking lame. and you get a, and you get a suspension that's what i heard i could i i remember reading it in the rule because i remember before i actually started watching the 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 league i literally went through like line by line of like the fighting rules in the league just to see yeah. which, um excuse me what's going on but um. Yeah, Nico Blatchman, man, he's a uh, kid came out of nowhere and just filled with piss and vinegar. Loves what he does, win lose. He's hyping everybody up, and I know some people might be, oh well, he might have lost more than he won. Blah blah blah. And to me, the win loss record is kind of it's, it's for you know whatever. I don't give a fuck about win loss record. I give a fuck if a guy shows up. Just for him to be a rookie and drop him with a seasoned guy like Travis Howe take his lumps and just walk away from it. The balls on that kid is tremendous. Yeah. If, you know, if you're a hockey fight fan, I just don't understand how you did not like the guy like Nico. It just makes no sense. Um, he really reminds me kind of um, like of, of Jeff Rogers in a way, like he fights all the heavyweights. He's undersized. And when he fights the heavyweights too, he's not hanging on for dear life. He's trying to knock them out too. Like, it's it's amazing, man. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, there's no you're not getting jersey jabs from Nico Blatchman, and we'll, we'll we'll go through a couple of his fights here. And I'm actually this is probably going to be the first guy I make a fight compilation for. I think I told you I was going to start doing that. This was a great this was great because he he went with Kyle Rhodes, did very well, and then he ended up uh, <laughs> giving it a little bit to uh, Noah Corson here. And, and I, I love how I love how he popped course in here. Oh love yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and you know, you got to be more self-aware as, as Noah Chorus and like Nico Blashman, who loves to fight. You're gonna go up and just start talking shit to him. And he landed, it was a good uppercut too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, you gotta love it, man. That, you know, it's like. Again, he's super undecided. This was his really good one. This was one. I think this is the fight, and I'm going to ask him about it when I get him back on, but I think this one really gained his confidence here. Um, was fighting uh, Stephen Leonard in Norfolk. And, yeah, and Leonard's a tough dude, too. This is a this is a good win for him. Yeah, the Leonard bros are both tough. Um, but I remember watching this one on Flow, and I was like, oh, let's fucking go. I was like going ape shit in my living room. But he gets the he gets the left hand going. He just doesn't stop. Just doesn't stop. But perfect. I mean, I also feel like Nico got better as a fighter as the year went on. Um, oh yeah, 100%. like I, I was going over his fights, like, and I feel like he won his last four. Like I think he fought Leonard Baldwin, Ro, uh, Rhodes, and Russell Jordan. 
and you could probably give him the like the I mean you could probably give him the edge in all those man and uh yeah I, I think he's getting better he's still young too right oh yeah dude he's I mean, he was younger than me and I mean I'm a, a young strapping lad myself no I think he's I think he just turned 23 or 24 maybe he turned 25 I don't know but he's really he's really young but yeah this one was really good versus Russell Jordan actually and um poor I, i'm a huge russell jordan fan too unfortunately he's not with the everblades but um i mean yeah he gets the left hand going again and then he switches and that's where you know like you know he knows what he's doing i don't know why they you know decided to go over there but i mean it's all that was all nico that fight so it's hard to say that it was uh he's not getting better as time goes on and even his first fight with Orta body uh, i think it's on here somewhere We'll mute it because that's my drunk ass here. Um, but he gets buckled here and just bounces right back up. And just, yeah, that's what I love about him too. The fight's not over until it's like <laughs> until uh, they rip him off. Exactly, and I mean, I he he came back and did very very well in this fight. And it was funny because this was my I took my father in law to this game, and both of us were just ripping beers in the parking lot beforehand, and he was loving every second of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, I mean, he comes back and. Or, I mean, Ordabody is another dude who doesn't drop him often, but when Ordabody does, he's pretty solid as well, actually. Um, I think did Ordabody, did he, uh, I hadn't heard um, about him in the second half of the season. Did he get cut or is he, he around? Went to, he went to Worcester and he just didn't fight as much, I don't think. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> but I'm really curious to see where Nico Blashman goes next year and uh, hopefully I get him on again for the, uh, oh, excuse me, the, the, the part two and kind of go over his rookie year of the show. Yeah, he was um, your first interview with him. I really enjoyed, and um, he's got such a good, um, such a good attitude too. You know, like even if he's not playing, he's still hundred percent supporting the guys. Like, he's just a great teammate. It seems, man, like a uh, guy you want around. Oh yeah, he's a hundred percent a team guy because beforehand, and that's why, and I, I understood this going into the interview. One, I didn't his his career was it's not bad, but it's just short because he's just starting it out. So it was like, okay, well, we're gonna talk about kind of expectations for the season or whatever. Um, but he was very, very adamant on like, you know, I'd love to do the interview, but we got to make sure it's like on schedule because I got stuff to do with the team. I said, yeah, absolutely. Like we'll make sure. And he even asked like, you know, Hey, can we bump it up 30 minutes? I said, yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, he's just absolute team guy. So I, how you don't want that in the locker room? I don't know. And I know the people out in South Carolina loved him. They loved him out there. So, I, you know, and, and the thing is too, is like, um, I, I get teams, you know, going into the playoffs. I know the ECHL, I think they have to, you know, they have their roster limits and stuff. I, I get sometimes, you know, decisions have to be made, but South Carolina, I'm sorry, but they were a shitty team. So to cut a guy like Nico, who's entertaining the fans, the games don't matter and stuff. They have no one else like Macaulay, uh, Kobe McCauley and Wardley. They didn't even want to play for that team. Yeah. Like, it made no sense. Yeah. I don't know, man. So it is what it is, but hopefully we see, get, we'll see where Nico Blashman goes next year. I already told him too, whatever team he's on, if he's in the the South division again, if they have a series with Norfolk, my wife and I'll be there. So we'll go, we'll go take the trip out and uh, go support Nico. Maybe I can go give a few, uh, go motherfuck Corson a couple times just for shits and gigs, but I still, <laughs> I still love Corson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the next guy is actually uh, – let me double-check here just to make sure. Yep. So the next guy is your boy, Darian Skio, <laughs> out in Allen. You got 45 minutes just to let me go? <laughs> yeah, just go ahead. Just <laughs> let, let her rip, bud. No, Skio's the man. And, uh, you know, like I, I saw an interview with his coach, Steve Martinson, and um, 
you know, he just says he, he fights to hurt people, you know, like, he, you know, like I, I think you were saying on social media the other day, but you know, sometimes these new fighters, man, they're just, it's almost like they're not really into it. They're just throwing punches and uh, Darian tries to take your head off, man. And I, I, I've been watching him do it for years. Um, former heavyweight champ. I really believe that in the 2017, 18 season um, and uh, just a great enforcer. And, and it was kind of like, we were talking about with Newber, like, um, you know, like it, it, it if you don't fight him, he'll still find a way to get you. And like, you can look at the, his series with the Kansas city, man, he took three different times. He got suspended <laughs> against that team, man. And that team, cause you know, they, they got a lot of guys, a lot of chirping, a lot of guys running around and stuff. And um, yeah, just a good player too, man. Um, yeah. Darius the man. <laughs> <laughs> well, and people don't understand too. The, inf- like the enforcers that are willing to take a suspension to get their fucking point across that's the best enforcer and i know people might not like it because like oh you're putting the team down and suspended and blah 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 but when that guy's on the ice the other team's thinking like well fuck this guy didn't give a shit about taking a suspension three times versus us you know earlier in the year like don't 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 get skio going don't do anything to get him going and make him you know start acting up so it, it does it plays an intimidation factor that's it it's 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 been so refreshing to see it still in the ECHL this year, at least as me being a, a first-time fan, you know. Um, but it's like I I love Skio, man. I, I he had a great fight versus Sean Allen. We'll pull up here. That was excuse me, in con- that was contender for me for uh, ECHL fight of the year. Was this one? Um, it hell yeah happened in Wichita. I can't remember if it happened in Allen or Wichita. But this was a really good and Sean Allen is no slouch either. Sean Allen is really really tough. But now Skio, how tall is he? He's like six five, right? Uh, Skio, yeah, it I, I you see different things. I, I think he's really probably six four, about two twenty pounds. Oh, fuck, that's still a big boy though, man. That yeah. is still a big boy. And like like the earlier fight we saw. With I think we saw it with Parker. Um, I mean, for for a guy to have, give up that much size on Parker and still do very well is tremendous. And the way Skio just kind of switches hands, and you know, you can tell he knows what he's doing. And that's yeah, about... he like almost he's like Collins too. He loves to mix in those uppercuts too. And uh, yeah, good fighter, man, a really good fighter. I, I have him as an elite guy up there with Collins and How and problem with the echl is you know you you kind of just play the same teams in your division so a lot right. of matchups you don't we don't get to see but and here's the one versus ian parker it was uh, it was collins versus parker we saw earlier and Par- parker's a deal well, i'll pause it real quick parker almost it's like i don't think people understand i shouldn't say they don't understand but there's a, a big aura around taller fighters like parker's six nine and from what from what i've heard with interviewing guys who are that tall and everything it's almost harder to punch down as opposed to punching up at somebody, if that makes sense. And so these guys, and Ian Parker's coming out. I don't think he fought too too much in junior, but like he's coming out, and it, this is his first go round at it. And you're you're taking on a guy like Skio, like it's, it's rough. So you know you know, hold on and hope for the best. But this was a great fight, and this was Skio's second of the night, or it was either his first or I know he had two fights this game. I think this was his yeah, first fought, one. Yeah, he fought this and then fought Cole Fraser after, yeah. I think Fraser was the second fight because he looked gassed in that one. Yes. Like this one. Yeah. Oh, Skio did great. He did phenomenal. I wonder if, uh, I wonder if uh, Jeremy Yablonski taught him anything 
because I know Steve I Martinson know they, brought in. They did bring Gablonski in yep. um, to teach him. I, I'm sure he went over things. Um, I, I, I got to ask during that. But, uh, yeah, with him and, and Dawson, but I'm sure they went over some stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it sucks that Idaho hyped up Jeremy Yablonski like it was the second coming of Christ, and then he never played a shift. Never yeah. played a shift. Yeah. Which, I mean, good for them, I guess, marketing it, but god damn. It was, it was almost similar to the um, Sean Avery, except I I got way more excited for uh, Yablonski than Sean Avery. But. Oh, 100%. <laughs> oh, well, I, should, I got more excited once I heard Barnaby might be in the mix for Sean Avery. <laughs> yes. That's when I got really excited. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like uh, I wish I wish they would have just played. At least, for the love of God, just give the man a shift. Just give Yabo a shift. I would have loved to see him sitting go. on the bench anyway, man. Like yeah, like just like just go out there, give him a shift. Go out there, let him be like a Garrett Hunt Super Bowl, and just go run yeah, guys yeah. for a quick second. Who were they playing? Was it Allen? Right? It was Allen. Uh, he was out with an injury at the time, so there was. I mean, he could have fought Dawson Butt, but now I love Dawson Butt, but that's not a good matchup. No, I would. I'd be really curious to see how Skia would do against a uh, a seasoned Yabo, and that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. That dude is still jacked to the fucking gills, even after yeah, playing. Dude, nuts. Yeah. absolutely nuts. So the next guy, let me pull up my phone here. I believe is as we just mentioned him, Dawson Butt. Um, oh wait, hold on. Maybe it's not. We'll get to him. We'll just do him now because I just completely went out of order. But I'll just X that off the list. <laughs> we'll talk about Dawson Butt now. But you get to see him because you watch all the Allen games. Yeah, and I actually saw a lot of him in the WHL to another WHL guy. He was with uh, the Everett um, Silver Tips, and um, he actually—I I remember in his last year—he got a 12-game suspension. He actually broke a guy's jaw in a, in a scrum, so he kind of—he's <laughs> a—yeah, uh, he'll snap too. And um, he—he—he he, he was um, I heard he was like 20 pounds heavier when he was in in junior. So in junior, he was really kind of like a heavyweight, and he's really leaned down. And I—I I mean. I'm sure that has that has to have an impact as a fighter. I think losing 20 pounds. Yeah, I would assume so. Um, He's almost more middleweight now, like it's six one two hundred. Um, but man, a great second guy to have on the team that's to this uh, to steal. Um, I really enjoy watching Dawson play, and uh, I also know he's a really good defensive fighter. Like if you if you watch his fights with Sean Allen and, and Garrett Clark, man, he kind of keeps like blocking a lot of punches and it's actually it's actually really cool to see yeah and i know his dad was actually really tough back in the day i, think, I can't remember what league his dad uh, Jamie, have, i think yeah his dad i, I gotta look it up because it's gonna bother me but he might have even played in like the old western pro league it might have been uh the old whipple let me see here i could totally be this could totally be wrong but i thought i saw a video of him fighting jerome mcginla too back in the day well that definitely could happen okay so it was the west coastal hockey league is what i was thinking of with okay the, with yeah yeah but no he played in the dub with uh the tacoma rockets and then the Kelowna rockets once they moved to Kelowna. Uh, yeah back in the dub and that would have been prime for a because Aginla was with kamloops at the time so he very well could have fought again i wouldn't put it past him because i mean 64 games 214 pims fuck solid so you know we, we wonder where where dawson learned the uh the trick to the trade from yeah <laughs> so let me see here i got some dawson butt fights pulled up um here's the one versus uh garrett clark you mentioned here we go let me there's the lovely fucking magic of zoom here here we go but yeah, I, for, I forgot Garrett Clark was with um, Kansas City. So yeah, it was like they were about to go off, and then they just drop him at the at center ice. 
Alan rocking like the old Miracle on Ice jerseys. He loved it. Uh, yeah. Dawson Butt sizing each other up. But, um, yeah, so how many, how many fights did Dawson have for the year? He had quite a bit. He had seven. Seven? Okay, that's what it sounds about yeah. right. Like and he's, like you said, there he is doing that dodge, though. That, that always reminds me of Rick Rippin, because Rick Rippin was the first yes. guy I ever really saw do that, that boxer-style, like, yeah. punch dodge. You see that arm comes up, eh? Also kind of, like, block yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he got him there. So it's really cool to see that, and... Um, like I said, you don't see that a lot in hockey fights because I think it, it takes a second to master that because with hockey fights, it's different. You can kind of come around and do it instead yeah. of, you know, going straight down the pipe to counter it. But, um, like, Rick Rippin did it, and who else? Wayne Simmons did it. Like Dodie Wood, I think, used to do it. Dodie Wood, yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dodie Wood. Tremendous. Um, but, yeah, like you said, that's a great one-two combo out in Allen is uh dawson and and darian so he got he did get cut before the playoffs but um unfortunately yes yeah so we'll see we'll see where maybe he'll end up in florida next year and i get to watch him (laughs) (laughs) so the next guy is actually you know we we posted or posted we uh we watched the video of his fight with uh with skio but uh sean allen sean allen another tough dude who uh i believe he he actually just got cut from the playoffs too i think um, I don't think traded? so. I think he was actually he was with Wichita, and I think he got traded to uh, Cincinnati. That's right. And That's what happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I saw him playing last night. Um. Yeah. Good state. Old school state home defenseman. Man. Um. I, I really like Sean Allen. Not a huge guy. I think he's like comes in at six three, two hundred, seven fights on the year. Um. But yeah, fought Steele and and Dawson. But um, I I do I love the video of him ripping the guys mask off because the commentators are just losing their oh mind. dude they are losing it <laughs> like we just witnessed a murder happen like. oh yeah you'd swear he's just killing them you'd swear he's <laughs> killing them well here i'll share i'll, I'll do the, the this is a, a good fight like you said the one with dawson butt here drop the lids at center ice and have a go um and you can see dawson doing the whole elbow block but um Sean Allen, I think he actually follows the account on on Instagram, but uh, yeah, I'm a huge Sean Allen fan, dude. He's a he's a tough dude. Like he's no slouch at all. He went to a couple St. Louis Blues rookie camps too. Oh, did he really? I think so. Yeah. Well, they, you see both of them doing it too. It's just hilarious. I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like an ultimate like technician fight here. I love it. I probably lean Sean Allen in this decision, but I think I, I, Dawson actually it was did really close. well. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah. close. It wasn't like it was like, oh yeah, Allen killed him. Um, yeah, it yeah. was close for sure. Um, <laughs> here, here's the here's the murder here. <laughs> I love this. Now he goes again. He grabs him, tries to pull the helmet off. I forget what happened to like lead up to this, but I think he Demowski actually took a shot at Allen behind the play. He did. Yeah. He's fighting a guy with a bubble on. He rips it off and says, "Let's fucking wait for it." Just feeds. Oh, my god! 
control of your players. This is on you. <laughs> Yo, wait, hold on, pause. We're asking Bruce Ramsey. Bruce fucking Ramsey to control the players. Yeah, okay. Do you know who Bruce Ramsey Amazing. is? At this point, you might want to go after the coach as well because I don't think there's going to be enough players for the Thunder to play their next game at this rate. He's still trying to get after oh. the mouse You know what's funny? Because it was Idaho that it was the Idaho player that knocked out Crunk, correct? Um yeah, I uh, thought it was uh, Keller. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you didn't hear the announcer going, you know, saying everything all like this when when he KO'd Krunk. He was going ape shit actually. I, I guess Krunk didn't have a bubble though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta love it. So Sean Allen just Thanks. going at it. That's great. Oh man, yeah, you'll <laughs> get down to there. So uh, the <laughs> next dude is actually Jimmy Mazza, and here's a dude who I didn't know too too much about, and I really started looking into him more actually after I interviewed uh, Jack Gregg for the second time. And Jimmy's another tough dude. I mean, I give this dude all the props in the world because he fought uh, PL three, which is yes, r- yeah. ridiculous. And I see this one was a TKO. I'm trying to look. Oh, I, lo- I love the old Flow Sports fucking Little Caesars pizza <laughs> ad that yeah. goes on. Like when that goes on during a fight, I get so fucking mad. And of course, it's happening during this one. So like, I'm not even gonna fucking share the screen for this fight because I'm looking at it. But we got Little Caesars Batman Calzone going on inside. <laughs> <the fight. laughs> But yeah, Jimmy Mazza got TKO'd a little bit there, and he's a dude who I, I know he's. That's, uh, was that the Sidlowski fight? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was the one here. I'll share it here in a sec. Uh, first PL three, and for people who don't know who who uh, Pierre Luc LeBlanc is, uh, I mean, dude was tough as nails. I encourage you to go check out all of his 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 fights and go down the rabbit hole of his fight card because it is tremendous. But. I mean, Jimmy Mazza, he really holds his own here. And can we take a moment to appreciate the the Trois-Rivier logo? That's just tremendous. I love that logo. You don't like the jersey, though, eh? No, the jersey, it's all right. It looks very soccerish to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. But for Mazza to hold his own here versus LeBlanc, it's just a feat in its own. Because and LeBron he, uh, so PL3 had just nailed someone with a hit. So Maz, he, Maz is stepping up too. It's yeah, like you said, you gotta be, I think I, I think I have it on here. We gotta, cause he, he drilled a dude. Yeah, there it is. Real quick, real small there. But yeah, he, uh, he drilled him. But Maz is a dude. I'm curious to see, uh, see more of him and see how that kind of goes. Uh, I, I'm the same with you, man. I, honestly, he wasn't really on my radar, um, till this season. I, he didn't play last season, I think, with the COVID. Yeah. Um, and then the season before, he played in 17 games, and he didn't have any fights. So I saw his card. He had looks like he had seven fights preferring, uh, before turning pro. So I think he's pretty raw, and he's a guy you might see kind of improve as he goes along and gets a little more experience. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'm, I'm looking at one now because I'm trying to remember which one I was trying to think of because I know there was a really uh, – actually a pretty solid Mazda fight. It was actually this one here. Um, but he fought Ross Olsen and did very well, and it um, – but yeah, I remember um, Jack talking about it, and he, you know, you don't want to teach kids exactly how to fight, but once they get to a certain age, you're like, okay, well, let's 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 take you to the side and learn how to defend yourself here. And I believe that's what he did with Jimmy. I could be wrong, because um, I think me and me and Jack were both getting after it a little bit during the interview, so I could be completely <laughs> wrong. But um, 
I mean, he did very solid versus Ross Olsen here. You know, you got Moz yeah. in the red. but And Ross Olsen's a tough motherfucker, too. There's a dude I'd like to see more of as well as Ross Olsen. I'd love to see what what happens with his career. But Were you uh, – you were saying that he was on – was he on uh, Joe's I believe he was. I believe, I believe he was. I could be wrong, but I'm like 99 so He must have been an Islanders draft pick or – Yes, he's either that or he's with the because he's with Worcester, and I think that's the Islanders. Oh um, yeah, club. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'll we'll check that out. Him. So the last guy we'll talk about, and I think he's the league league leader in Pims this year, is Michael Robidoux. Yeah, <laughs> he's a yeah, he's something. He's a, he's a, he's a he's a small guy. You know, he's under two hundred pounds. Um, throws lefty. Um, 258 minutes and 42 games man um nine fights so that's four my math is right that's 45 minutes coming from fights so that's a lot of misconducts and stuff um super exciting to watch obviously super undisciplined i think he even drives the kansas city fans crazy sometimes but every shift man he's trying to like just crush someone with a hit so it, it's really entertaining I, I will say with him uh, i think i mentioned this to you I, he does kind of pick his spots a little bit um yeah. But again, he's a smaller guy. He he does his, you know, he knows his role. He does it really well. Um, you know who he really reminds me of, man? I, I You probably remember him. I don't think it's before your time. Is that, do you remember Patrick Coletta? Yeah, of course. For Buffalo. Yeah, he, very similar to me. I gotcha. Uh, that kind of guy. It's before your time. I'm not, I mean, fuck, I'm not I, that young. I don't know when, I, when you started <laughs> I, was born, I was born in 96, motherfucker. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or or Robidoux, man. You know, I, I love to see him leading the league in pims because I mean I haven't seen a pim total like that in the ECHL in a minute going through because no. you just don't see it because once the the ten fight rule kind of came in and whatever, which I really I've seen so many people and I, I will say this, um, I asked the question on my my Instagram the other day. Uh, do you think the league should have the ten fight rule? I said the ECHL and the AHL because I I have certain ECHL players that follow the account. So I don't want them to think I'm specifically asking them or like for whatever reason, if somehow somewhere he gets a hold of it where it's like, oh, why are you going against the league or whatever? Um, <laughs> I will say the majority of them say there shouldn't be a 10 fight rule in the league. It's funny how that works. I don't know how the owners ever agreed to that and you know brought it in as a rule. But um, I think like you mentioned, too, though, if you want to have a cutoff, man, just 10 just seems like a pretty, that's 10 pretty is stupid very, low number. I, I really think it should be 20. Because yeah, how many? I can, I can, I can under, not understand it. I'd hate it regardless. There should be no, but twenty makes sense to me. Right, it's a seventy-two game season. That's a lot yeah. of fucking games. Um, and it's like, and I remember when they brought the rule in beforehand. It, it wasn't even like it was an epidemic before then. It, I think only like six guys had over ten fights at the time. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, why even bring the rule in if it's clearly it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah. And people and I love people say, well, it's a developmental league. Okay, well, it's a developmental league for the NHL. Does the NHL have a fight rule? No. So why does the ECHL have yeah. it? Yeah. And I've always said nobody's here to see the next Alexander Ovechkin play in the ECHL. I promise you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But um, no, this was a lot of fun, man. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was good to good to chat with you. It's a you know. I haven't heard you. I haven't heard your your lovely voice since I think Darren's show like forever ago. Yeah, it's been a while, man. I'm not. A, I, I I love listening to the podcast. I'm not a huge 
podcast got myself to go on and stuff. But um, I love, man, I really enjoy talking ECHL hockey with you this year. It's just good to have someone to kind of kind of go over fights with and get uh, excited over shit with. So it's, yeah, it's been a good time. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, man. Um, well, I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and talking some uh, some ECHL tough guys with me. And for folks listening, if I didn't include your favoriteist, you know, I apologize. It was just kind of going. You know over. who you, you know who you forgot though, a big name. <laughs> who did I forget? Uh, Matthew Gagnon, though, eh? Oh, I did, didn't I? Oh my yeah. God, how did I forget Gagnon? <laughs> I think it's because he flew. He, he didn't have a lot of fights this year. I think he only had five. Maybe, yeah. yeah. He only had four or five. But it's that's, because, yeah. but it's because who the fuck wants to drop the gloves with Ganyon? He's tough as shit. Too, he man. is, man. Oh. He's fucking tough. Yeah, he is. And what was the? I think last year I, I posted a fight from last season, and I was like, that had to have been the fight of the year. And it was like it was a, versus a guy from Allen, toe to toe. Uh, yeah, Dyson Stevenson. Yep. Yeah, I mean that was yeah. like toe to toe, straight on the pipe, yeah. like yeah. like old time hockey style. Yeah, I can't believe. Fuck, I forgot. Why didn't you tell me this before we got going? You just let me be the fucking well, asshole at the very end here. <laughs> well, it obviously wasn't a list of the toughest guys, so I just thought, you know, you just randomly picked them. I'm like, yeah, we can talk about anyone, so. Yeah, I mean, fuck. I've, there's a couple I forgot. Like, I probably, the, my thing with Alexi is who did he really fight? He fought, like, a couple guys from the, the Everblades because I was going to put Alexi on the list, and I was like, well, he didn't really fight anybody. He had the one versus Nuber that everybody cried about, but other than that, he really didn't have any. He had the couple yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Neville and I think Masella, I think, but – um, yeah, and then yeah, I might have missed a couple guys, but I apologize if if folks' favoriteist isn't on here. But I think we covered the the big heavy hitters from the league. I least. think so. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. There's a bunch we probably left off and stuff. I didn't go through the rosters and stuff. Gagnon was like, oh, that was a, that one stood out to me. But yeah, so you I, just I had, think, you had to fucking you had to just sandbag me at the end here. Just, you know, <laughs> 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 no, this is this is a lot of fun, man. I appreciate it. We'll have to do it again next season. Yes, for sure. Absolutely, man. Well, you have a good one, man. All right, buddy. Take care. Yes, sir. You, you as well. Cheers, bro. Bye. For your right to party. You got